Good morning, apes, and welcome to another edition of the Daily Peel live stream here. Once again, we're coming at you a little bit later than we would like to here. It is 10.41 a.m. on this beautiful Thursday, November 16th, 2023. Like I said, we're coming at you live from the Daily Peel Global Headquarters. We're going to be reviewing all things markets yesterday, everything that you should care about uh, that happened in markets yesterday. Although, we are getting started already today. Uh, we did do, we've seen a little bit of movement already here this morning. We're going to go back and circle circle back, I should say, using the proper corporate bullshit lingo. We're going to circle back to yesterday and see what's going on, see what's driving these movements here today. And we can make sure that we're on the same page and ready to make some money here. Now, in this edition of the Daily Peel, we're going to be talking about some important economic data that was dropped yesterday. We get the retail sales report, which very coincidentally comes during the same week that all the retailers are reporting. You know, it's almost like they want to sort of distract themselves uh, or kind of uh, obfuscate themselves by just releasing all this data at the same time. It's almost like they don't want you to see something there. Pretty coincidental, if you ask me. Speaking of which, that's what we'll be talking about when we get into some stocks later on. Both right, both rotten. You know how it goes. Target and VF Corp had a solid day, but TJX was just witching. They were part of the Cool Kids Club. Where's down below? We'll finish up with a story about Japan. You know, we always talk about the largest economy in the world in the U.S., the second largest in China. Nobody ever pays attention to their little brother, the third largest economy in the world, Japan. But we'll get into all that more down below. Before we do, let's recap kind of the main stories of yesterday. Obviously, the biggest thing that happened in markets that everybody was freaking out about was obviously the sound quality of the Daily Peel live stream. Do apologize for that, guys. It sounded like I was on the Titan submarine. I promise I wasn't this time. I don't think I'd ever do anything like that after seeing what kind of shenanigans went down this most recent time. But either way, we do apologize for the echoing and anything else that came along with that. What we won't apologize for, however, is the 1.17% return that the WSO off portfolio achieved yesterday. We're going to be including that in all of the headers for now on. We're going to let you know exactly how the portfolio is doing on a daily basis so that you can make fun of us, make money with us, and just stick around for the party to exactly what's going on. Yesterday, we did place one trade. It was an absolute miracle move of brilliance from the phenomenal analysts and portfolio managers over at the Alpha team. I'm just kidding. It was absolute garbage. But what they did do is they saved a 93% loss and turned that into a 90% loss by selling Peloton yesterday on a big pump that it had for absolutely no apparent reason. Still have no idea how that company hasn't been bankrupt or bought yet. But either way, Thank, I just want to give a quick shout out and thank everybody over at WXL Alpha for saving us from a 93% loss and turning that into just a 90% loss. Great work, guys, and please keep it up. Uh, treasuries were pretty boring. I mean, even the overall market was boring as well. It was a fairly flat day with the Dow leading. Anytime the Dow leads, you know something boring is going on. Treasuries, we describe them as slightly more exciting, but that's a very relative statement. Uh, the 10 years back around 45 and the two-year was approaching 5% once again. And we've seen some movements in those already here this morning that we'll be happy to get into tomorrow. Moving on down below, we did get an update on mortgage rates yesterday again. Uh, we saw mortgage rates continue to decline, so that's always going to be great for home buyers. Obviously, everybody wants to pay a lower monthly rate. So that was great to see as it might be sparring some movement in the housing market. We'd love to see that for the broader economy. Uh, Tencent, China's most valuable company. This is uh, basically their big tech company. I mean, they have other ones, but nothing really comes close to Tencent in terms of its size and influence. They own uh, basically a, the world's only super app, right? So they own this company, this platform called WeChat. Essentially, it's messaging, it's payments, it's e-commerce, it's transportation even. So you can text your friend and call an Uber on the very same app. They have 1.7 billion monthly active users. Uh, so it's something like just as large as Facebook, almost close to that, but pretty much as exclusive to China. So it's one of those absolutely crazy things. 
And I'm pretty sure Elon Musk dreams about it when he thinks about what he can turn X into. Uh, this is exactly what he's picturing. So if you want to be scared, go ahead and take a look at WeChat. Speaking of Elon, though, Starship, SpaceX, uh, kind of rocket that's going to allegedly take us to Mars, you know, if you believe that or not, is getting on track for its second flight. If you don't remember, back in April, we were treated to some world-class entertainment when we watched that several billion dollar piece of machinery just blow up completely. Either way, the FAA has greenlit another explosion. We don't know when that's going to happen, but we're almost certain that it is going to. But then, of course, finally, one of the best stories of this week so far, maybe even of this entire year, Senator Mark Wayne Mullet of Oklahoma literally challenged the leader of the Teamsters Union to a fist fight on the floor of the Senate on Tuesday of this week. Unfortunately, that's far from the first time in U.S. or global political history that a representative has challenged uh, somebody to a legitimate fistfight on the floor of that representative hall. That happened yesterday. The video is absolutely hilarious. Everybody go see it because it's a great reminder of the point of which our government stands in right now. I love fistfights as much as the next guy, but maybe save that for the streets and not the halls of the Senate. Moving on to the big economic story of the day, it was a retail fail here. I don't know what you guys are doing, but you're apparently not contributing to this beautiful charity that we call the American economy anymore. I don't know why anybody's not treating themselves and not spending that money anymore. Don't listen to your parents. Go out there and run up a credit card debt. We all love to see it because we need that consumer spending. As you can see here, it drives about 65 to 70% of the U.S. GDP. This week, we're also getting treated to some uh, retail reports, so they're very directly related to each other. We'll talk about that more when we get into Target's earnings. But either way, yesterday we learned that retail sales, you guys might want to sit down for this one, but retail sales, a big proxy for consumer spending, actually declined in the month of October. That is kind of the worst thing possible for the U.S. economy. It's kind of like if you were a doctor and somebody came in and they said, oh, hey, this guy doesn't have a heart anymore, or he's having a massive brain aneurysm or something. Consumer spending is what drives the U.S. economy. Full stop, end of story, period. So if that's declining, it's really not a good sign. Obviously, this is a very slight decline, and that's only one month, so it's a little bit different. Probably nothing to freak out about just yet. Uh, but, you know, I would completely understand if you had to go run to the bathroom or change a pair of pants after reading that on an annual basis. Consumer spending did gain about 2.5%. Those numbers are not adjusted for inflation, uh, so definitely don't get excited about that. That's actually a decline of about 0.7% in real dollar terms. But either way... Strong spending has really been what's carried the market throughout 2023. So without seeing that, going into 2024, we're getting a little bit nervous over here. Remember the other day we were talking about Goldman and Moody's outlooks. Goldman clearly didn't have this priced in because they were uh, eyeing strong wage growth and strong consumer spending as a big reason for driving economic growth going into 2024. But as we can see, that's starting to fade out just a little bit. But consumers are being very selective in what they choose to pull back on. Anything that requires credit, they're not going to be buying anymore. Any big kind of luxury or discretionary expenses, they're absolutely not buying because our money is much more importantly spent on getting hammered at the bars on every weekend. So food services and drinking places, they saw their spending surge 8.6%. Again, remember, that's not adjusted for inflation. It's probably even more so than that. But we just love getting fat and drunk. We all know it's one of them. America's national pastimes along with spending money in general. So this really is probably the most American article that we've written all year. But either way, this is where we learned that obviously what's most important is getting fucked up with the squad on the weekends rather than, you know, going out and playing catch or, you know, playing pickleball for all you old people out there. Like, I don't know what else people do for fun besides drink, but recreational sales of items were down quite a bit as well for the year. Uh, not something that's ideal in terms of community and kind of cohesion building in the community, 
But either way, it's a fact, and it's not something that we're going to be avoiding. We'll see next month uh, if that actually continues. That'll really be the time to get concerned, but this is where the alarm should go off. Not that it's terrible, but that it's something to be paying attention to. Uh, if we see continued months of retail sales decline, again, it's a great proxy for consumer spending, which drives about two-thirds of the U.S. economy. If we see they continue to decline, uh, it's time to run for the hills. Hope you guys have a bunker built because you're not getting into mine. Moving on down below, we can go ahead and shift gears and focus on some stock movers of the day. Up at the top, we have Target retailer they missed on the top and the bottom line the shares were up almost 18 percent. i love it it just lacks any sort of logical consistency whatsoever but the market doesn't give a fuck uh you know we all want to make money so even if the company's not we'll make sure that the stock does it and send shares up about 17.75 percent i honestly think people are just excited to see the one the inventory management wasn't as horrifically nightmarish as it was in this period last year uh they said uh what's the term they use uh, slippage or something like that that they used to refer to theft has been on the decline as well. Target locks up just about everything in the store that's worth more than about a buck fifty. Uh, so they've seen that reduction in actual theft. That helped pattern earnings a little bit. But either way, it's a sixty billion dollar company that gained about one fifth of its value in a single day. Mr. Market, as we all know, is a delusional schizophrenic. So this was likely the main driver. It wasn't anything Target did, but it was just the simple craziness of the market. Shares have been beat down quite a bit. So. Maybe it's kind of getting some convexity in that return as well. But either way, we can move on to our next big player, and that's going to be VF Corp. I didn't know what this was. You probably didn't know what this was yesterday, but I guarantee your hipster friends know it all too well. The maker of Vans, North Face, and plenty of other middle school brands uh, actually slammed earnings. So I hope, or not earnings, they had their over slammed by JP Morgan, is what I meant to say. Uh, instead of being rated as undervalued or underweight, they were bumped up to, wait for it, neutral. And that sent shares up well over 14.13% after already rising a solid 10 or 12% on Tuesday following their actual earnings report. JP Morgan said the hipster wave is back uh, and this company is going to be right at the forefront of it. So definitely be on the lookout, especially if you're a fan of Vans and North Face. Personally, I won't be a friend if you are, but you know maybe you'll make some money along the way. Who cares? Moving on down below, speaking of uh, you know fun stuff that we like to make money on, Energizer definitely was not one of those things yesterday. Do you guys remember always seeing that cracked up pink bunny on your screen that was hyping up some kind of like beating these drums and like doing whatever other nonsense? That's Energizer, in case you don't recall. They make batteries and some other boring nonsense, but this company uh, did actually manage to beat its earnings expectations, but they didn't manage to get investors excited enough about the future, so shares were sold off almost 7% on the day. Now, it wasn't a terrible quarter, but the ones going forward are looking like they might be. So definitely going to want to be something that we pay attention to. Moving on down below to your mom and your girlfriend's probably favorite retail outlet. That's going to be TJ Maxx or the TJX companies in general. Personally, I got to speak for myself. This polo is actually from TJ Maxx. It's a great store. I mean, you find some absolute gems there. But the stock certainly wasn't a gem yesterday. I mean didn't really make a whole lot of sense because the company did ultimately beat on earnings as well as on sales. It's a little bit less expected than others. Same store sales improved. Full-year guidance was raised, but Q4 expectations were slightly below what the company had already been hyping up. So I guess that really made people upset. Uh, but either way, stock didn't move too much. It was down only 3.32% on the day. Could be a long-term call right there for anybody that uh, is down for the degeneracy of it. Moving on down below to the third largest economy in the world, you know, the U.S. is $25 trillion GDP, China's $18 trillion GDP. Third place is Japan with just $5 trillion, followed by I think Germany would be next, and then uh, probably India, and then the list goes on and on from there. But 
Japan doesn't get enough attention for its size and kind of influencing global markets. This country has been basically in a constant recession, at least its stock market has since 1991. What we're going to do here, I totally forgot to go to these tabs, but I'm not going to forget to go to this one because it's interesting. But this is the Nikkei 225, right? So this is Japan's S&P 500. Yes, they do take a lunch break during the day because anybody that's not American is apparently lazy and has to take a quick nap. So whatever, that's what they're doing there. Please feel free to roast me for that comment as well, by the way. That was so mean. But anyway, uh, so they take that lunch break. But when we go ahead and expand from just the daily view to the maximum view, what you're looking at here is one of the biggest pieces of nonsense in investing history. So Japan last peaked in about March of 1991 at about 25,000. Uh, now, if we go ahead and play that out over the next two, three decades, that means if you bought in 1991, you did not see a positive return until the end of 2020. That's almost three decades of negative returns. Even if you're doing dollar cost averaging, at least for the first, you know, half of that for the first 15 years, you're making absolutely no money back. Imagine retiring in 2005 in Japan after your investments have just declined from the, uh, of your total earnings for your career. I mean, it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen, but that has largely been due to Japan's monetary policy controls. So Japan, they have a tough time spurring inflation over there. It's a very old economy. Uh, it's something that kind of, uh, you know, elderly people, they're obviously not going to be working. They're typically a drag on uh, fiscal and monetary resources. So countries that have an oversized elderly population have to adjust a little bit. So Japan's game plan, negative interest rates and yield curve controls, both are coming back to kind of bite them in the ass now as they're desperately trying to spur any kind of inflation. And they were doing that for the past couple of decades. Now they've achieved it. They're at about 3% annual inflation right now. And that's where they've been for quite a while. It's been fairly stubborn and it won't go back down. It's also had a slightly delayed reopening from COVID. Uh, that really only got started about last quarter or last quarter was really where it got started in the economic data, I should say. Ripping and annualized about 4.5%. However, in this Q3, uh, real wages declined by 2.4%, whereas GDP declined by 2.1% on an annualized basis. Obviously not something we want to see, but the Bank of Japan, the federal government, they're all working on things to uh, kind of spur that growth without you know triggering excess inflation anymore. Definitely want something that you want to pay attention to. Uh, and we're just sitting here wondering, are you betting on Japan? Uh, I mean, will the Bank of Japan be able to get inflation back? Uh, both, you know, where there's... You know, you don't want no inflation because then there's going to be deflation or prices aren't growing. The economy's not growing at all. But obviously, if you have too much inflation, that's not good either, as we've seen over the past couple of years in the U.S. Economists famously said, uh, you know, in response to the question of why does the Fed target 2%, famous economist's response was, well, because 1% is too low and 3% is too high. And Japan is kind of living that experience right now, trying to figure out what that target rate should be. Definitely something to pay attention to in the world's third largest economy. Go buy a Toyota, go buy a Sony TV, help them out. If you're not going to donate to our economy through retail spending, at least help somebody else out. But to finish things up with our quote of the day, we have John Kenneth Galbraith, who says, in economics, the majority is always wrong. In my version of economics, it's pretty much just that I'm always wrong, uh, but it must be nice being in the minority. You know, some of you might be able to tell me what that's right, what that's like, but as somebody who's personally never been right my entire life, I would have no idea. Thank you guys so much for tuning in here with us again today. We already got some exciting stuff going on this morning, so plenty of t plenty to talk about tomorrow. We'll definitely be looking forward to seeing you guys there. Um, but otherwise, have a great rest of your weekend. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.